Night Whispers. It's a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. Night Whispers, number 323, The Dagger Men, and your dream word is, prepare. Luke 22, verse 35 to 38 reads like this, And he said to them, When I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said nothing. Then he said to them, But now, he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say to you, that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For the things concerning me have an end. So they said, Lord, look, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. It was eight times wounded and highly decorated American hero General Robert Tyron Frederick who not only founded the 1st and Joint Canadian-US Special Forces Brigade in World War II, but also helped design their close combat weapon of choice. Even the sharp and triangular-shaped V-42 Stiletto Commando Fighting Knife. Now this Stiletto Fighting Knife is at one end designed to easily pass through the ribcage and so pierce and sever the major organs and also sharp enough to slice rather than raggedly sever any archery, whilst at the other end it is hard enough to act as a skull cracker. The stiletto knife still remains the fearful insignia of most special forces units. Indeed, the terror activities on the battlefield of Frederick's fighting men led them to be dubbed by their enemies as the Devil's Brigade. For their secret special and black ops antics meant they also left their calling card on all their sliced and diced assassinated corpses in the form of a calling card, which simply read, and you will forgive my German, Das dicke End kommt Nacht, or... The worst is yet to come. It was the Muslim Hassan i Sabah who became the founder of the Islamic sect, which in turn became known as the Hashashin, who were, according to Marco Polo's observations, a drug-induced mass of murderers intent on martyrdom. Nevertheless, it was these same Hashashin killers who would become the intriguing assassins of both fiction and of film. However, they were not the first assassins by any means, for it was the first century Jewish Sikari, who by the way also especially enjoyed doing their knife murdering in public, that had become the much feared and infamous assassins around the time of Christ. Yes, we must acknowledge that assassins are not new, and that there is something both secret and silently terrifying about the dark infiltration of these most dangerous of dagger men. Of course, the apostles were also knife carriers themselves, yes, even when Jesus was with them. The lost era of Malchus would be a clear indication of that. Some would also suggest that Judas had not only previously been a zealot fighting against the Romans, but that his very name, Judas Iscariot, might also be construed to show that he was also once a Sicari himself, even a political assassin, a sleek and silent terrorist, if you will, striking not only at the Romans, but publicly at any Jewish leader, political or religious, who were deemed to be in collaboration with their sworn enemy. You might also possibly remember the left-handed Jewish judge assassin named Ehud, who leaps from the Old Testament narrative, brandishing a concealed and specially designed knife 
to spill out all the dirt from the Moab King Eglong's oversized belly onto the floor of his then not-so-fine bathroom, and in the so doing, begin an uprising which would in turn free his people from the impression of their Moabite enemies. Yes, Dagomen have been around a long, long time. But what about our text for tonight? It's very misunderstood. Even so, I believe the Lord may be saying two things. First, and it's an obvious observation, that even in the disciples' then present inventory of protective weapons, that even if you were trained and proficient in their use, two daggers were probably not enough for a decent defence. Indeed, the subsequent command of Jesus to desist from physical defence whilst he got to the repair of Malchus's ear is indicative that he had no intention of their being used that night. With all this dagger counting and talking going on then, Jesus quickly says, enough already, meaning either that he had no wish to continue down that line of conversation as it bore no reference to the actions of the present distress, or simply that the presence of the two sores would be more than enough to have the possibility of trumped-up political charges of insurrection brought against him, so that he might then fulfil the prophecy of Isaiah, and indeed be counted as being among the transgressors. The second and most practical of meanings, however, is that where previously the disciples were to make Make no provision for their mission, that from this point on, they were now to make every provision for the carrying out of the Great Commission, and that included protecting themselves from attackers. I wonder if Jesus is in fact saying here, even if you have to pawn your most important clothing, get a sword, for the battle is truly on. Surely there is no metaphor here whatsoever. Jesus simply says, get yourself a dagger, because you're going to need it. While we have no record of the early church disciples protecting themselves against the indiscriminate discriminate attacks of robbing and murderous scum, we do have a clear record of no personal physical defence whatsoever being taken against political or religious attack. Where physical attacks occurred, it is clearly seen that, where possible, full recourse to the existing system of law was to be taken so as to initiate all necessary civil protection. However, church history shows us that in the light of unjust governments, it is within God's law and according to all that is righteous, holy and good that we must make a proper defence of ourselves and of our family from any murderous attack. Tonight then I say that without any preclusion to the life of faith, we must also make every practical provision to ensure the fulfilment of the Great Commission. Not that this gospel message must be delivered via the means of any gumboat diplomacy, but nevertheless... I wonder still if the carriers of this message might make sure that they maybe have some kind of gumbo in their travelling bag themselves. Tonight then many of you also have to decide if after all recourse to civil law fails whether or not you will be slaughtered or you will protect yourselves, your families and your communities. At the time of my editing this Night Whisper especially within the country of Scotland. I wonder if with all the government cutbacks in policing, that the equipping and sanctioning of resilient communities will not only be fostered by their training paid for by the government, but will be seen as a prerequisite to replace the local bobby. I do not believe communities policing themselves are the best thing at all. I do not believe that economics should be the driving force of that decision, but it is. And I do fear that things are moving in that direction. My counsel tonight then is this. He who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Listen, for if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? 1 Corinthians 14 verse 8. Pray with me please. Lord, help us to make better preparations for the promoting and proclamations of the gospel of the great commission of your Son and our Saviour, Jesus Christ the Lord and also for the protection of ourselves, our families, 
and our communities. Grant us wisdom then, O God, we pray. Amen, and let it be so. Hi, it's Victor Robert Farrell here. Support us today by getting your latest copy of Night Whispers from nightwhispers.com. That's nightwhispers.com.